Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica and as always, well as always when I'm on the podcast as you could have seen by last Thursday, I wasn't on the podcast because I was dying. (laughs) And thank God, Tara, like, you know, my co-host Tara, the wonderful, beautiful person who stepped up when I was like, I'm dying. I mean, yeah, I literally had to do that when you you almost died for real. It's true. This time was just me being dramatic. No, there's bad bugs going around. I took two days off of work and you know me. Hell froze over, guys. People were confused and worried. They're like, where the fuck are you? I miss Jessica's birthday. Oh. Not my birthday, but my coworkers. You were really sick, though. Yeah, I know. And she rubbed it in my face today and was like, we did karaoke. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. You're like, I was dying. I was like, I just want to go, but never mind. Whatever. It's okay. Anyways, now that we've had the weirdest intro to this episode on this podcast ever. Hi, guys. Welcome in. If you're new here, this isn't our normal jam. Normally, we're a little bit more together. I'm still a little sick, so you, you get to pardon me. <laughs> And if you are a returning spookster, welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us, even though I got sick and like literally slept on my couch for three days. It was great. I'm not 100%, so if you hear it in my voice, this is not what my voice normally sounds like. Before we get into our episode, if you want to hang out with us on social media, you can do so by heading over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle's at 3SpookedGirls. And then if you want to be part of our Facebook group, which is 3 Spooked Girls Official, it's where we... Basically, if you want to know stuff in a timely fashion, go to the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And by the time you hear this, I will have at least resolved a lot of questions that have been going on. I'm really sorry, guys, that I've I've just been off of it because I've been so sick. Like, you can ask Tara. There were Mm -hmm. times where I literally was just, like, not responding. There was, like, five text messages just, like, you alive? (laughs) So I promise I'm going to make sure we get this handled. Then we're going to make it right by you guys, the secret Satan thing. So I do promise I will get on that. In fact, I plan to do that after we record this episode. Also, if you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spook girls. For little as a dollar, you get a bonus episode each month. I feel like for the last few months, we've all our bonus episodes have been like video content. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. So sometimes you get video content. Five and up do get video content and you get access to episodes early as in the day before and ad free. We have different tiers. Definitely check them out. 
If you are on TikTok or you partake in TikTok, you look through TikTok, you should definitely follow Tara. Her handle is spooky underscore sleuth. She has amazing content she puts out all of the time and it's a lot like this content, but then also she does fun things. So definitely check that out. I don't do the TikTok. I haven't posted something in like over a year, I'm pretty sure. However, I am on threads. I am trying to be better. I'm starting with giving myself one post a week and seeing if I can handle that and then I will build up, guys. I promise. Soon you will be like, this bitch needs to be muted because she <laughs> talks all the time. This is why I don't do it. Anyways, let's dive right into the show. Yeah, before we do, one second. Hang on a second. Oh, did I miss something? So one of our listeners messaged us yesterday and I saw it just right now. You know how we asked if anybody had eczema, like what their thoughts were with the bruising thing? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm not going to share the name because, you know, privacy. But they said, you know, they were listening to the last episode. But I have eczema, and yes, I have bruised myself multiple times where I've dug my fingers and my nails in so hard. However, their reason for bruising is crap. See, that's what I thought. Yeah, and those are like two very different bruise patterns too. Right, because you would see fingertips. Like if I scratch myself really hard on my skin, I can see drag marks. Right. We're talking about like thwack marks. Yeah, and he was a little kid. So like little kid finger marks look very different. It's very true. So you ready to get into episode four of this craziness? Yeah, I am. Okay, so episode four of The Way Down is called Revelations. It kind of starts off, there's, if you remember Terry from the last episode, she's kind of like the first person that they bring out. And she's talking about how the way that Remnant Fellowship kind of does anything is they just kind of do everything last minute. And she says they fly by the seat of their pants, which kind of blew my mind that this like, very well-structured church is actually not very well-structured. It's more like run like by putting out fires as they come, which is probably why they have had legal trouble. It's probably why they keep getting themselves into some sort of hot water because they're not thinking long-term down the road, like how can we prevent this from happening? And then they start talking about the plane crash a little bit. They report a Cessna 500 series crashed into Percy Priest Lake. And then it kind of goes into the new intro instead of the weird old intro. I like the new intro better. It's more like Gwen just talking and there's like music behind it. In fact, I wasn't looking at my screen. So I thought it was just like another part of the documentary. And I was like, oh, this is better than that creepy cut piece thing. Yeah. So then it flashes to Glenn. If we remember Glenn, he's the father of Delaney. He's married to Carrie. And you can tell that some time has passed because his hair is longer. And I was like, oh, Glenn, (laughs) we have longer hair. We've had some time. And he's basically talking about the wedding. And I think it's really interesting the way he says, you know, he wakes up on May 29th and he's like basically having to come to terms with the fact that his daughter is marrying a man who evangelized his daughter into a cult. And I was like, that is a very interestingly well-put sentence. And, you know, they're talking about how their family had come in from out of town and they're playing like host to out of town guests. And then Glenn gets a phone call. He finds out that there's been a big explosion and a plane has gone down and it is that of Gwen Shamblin Lara. Basically, her and her group of people, which I well, I have their names written down later, um, of all those who were involved, were on their way to a political event in Florida. And basically news was spreading and it was spreading like wildfire through like non like ex members of this. Also guys, fun fact, 
So, so sorry. This happened today. I've been listening to Dolly Parton's books on tape. She's mentioned Brentwood like twice. For some reason, I'm thinking Brentwood in LA. Tara, I texted you this earlier. The surprise on your face. Oh, I thought it was the book thing again. So I didn't even open it. (laughs) Oh, so rude. Oh my God. So rude. I was busy. I'm sorry. I I had to get my child to her band concert. (laughs) Which she did fantastic at. Dolly Parton lives in Brentwood, Tennessee. I don't like that. She needs to move. I don't either. Also, I guess at one point in time, Taylor Swift lived there. Really? Keith Urban has lived it because it's really close to Nashville. Oh, yeah. It's like a suburb, like a rich suburb. Yeah. And also, I found out that Dolly Parton's French bulldog, who's named Billy the Kid, has his own Instagram page. <gasps> I love that. I know. And just, I'm obsessed with Dolly Parton, if you guys don't know this in my life. Mm-hmm. Tara knows this. She's the one face I would allow being tattooed on my body. Yeah. But anyway, at this point in time, Glenn and Carrie are like, there's no fucking way they're going through with this wedding now. This is fucking insane. Like, how could they go through with this? No, no. Nay, nay. Glenn calls Jackson's dad, David, and is like, hey, is the wedding happening? And he's like, yep. And Glenn and Carrie are like, do we tell Delaney? Because the nobody, here's the weird thing. The people from the church that are attending this, none of them are acting like their leaders have just blown up in an airplane. They're just acting like it's a regular Saturday. Yeah, they're enjoying the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have a good time. Glenn was like, it was like the plane crash had never happened. And I guess the people who were attending who were non-cult members weren't really engaged. So like Delaney's family, like were like not really talked to by the people from Remnant. And the family members had been like, wait a sec. You're being, you're overreacting to this. It's just a religion. It's just her beliefs. And then they go and they're like, you were right. So their leaders died and they're just acting like nothing happened and they're getting married. I mean, Carrie says it like I would have postponed my wedding because I wouldn't want to every year on my anniversary. Remember the fact that like somebody I looked up to like, you know, because they loved Gwen. Yeah. Like she died. Like I wouldn't want that. I, you know. I also think it was the church's way to manipulate like a happy story. Oh, for sure. Let's not let's not be sad for Gwen and Joe and Brandon and Jonathan and Jessica and Jennifer and David. I did it. I named them all. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Let's not be sad for them. Let's be happy for Jackson and Delaney. It's their first wedding anniversary. You know, I could see that happening because it was going to be a Sunday for sure. And they were like, I don't even know what to do. And they were like, did Delaney even have a choice in delaying this? Like, they had already talked to her and they were like, look, you don't have a choice. You have to do this. Glenn said it felt surreal. Yeah, I feel like that would be what it would feel like because that is so weird. Right. Now, the next part, we bring in back Natasha, who, you know, I love Natasha. Our queen. Yes. So... At this point in her life, she's basically like, I'm just going to move to Nashville. So on May 28th at 9 a.m., she dropped her daughter off with Joe Lara, kissed her goodbye, and then she drove to the airport, got on a plane and went to Chicago because you remember she has family in Chicago. Mm -hmm. You know, the next day, she's like just kind of living her life, you know, doing your thing. Like she was like, I'll see my daughter in a week. And a friend calls Natasha and is like, hey, is your daughter with you? And she's like, no, she's with her dad. And she's like, were they going to Florida? And she's like, why are you, why? 
Why are you asking? And I guess her friend just said it like this. A plane crashed and it was registered to JL and GL Productions, which is Joe and Gwen's production company. Natasha like freaks the fuck out. Like I would. Warranted. Oh my God. No, I I freaked out watching this and I had to pause it and go make sure her daughter was alive. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Spoilers, guys. She's alive. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But no, I had to. I was like. No, I get it. Crying. Because <laughs> she's no. crying. Re- having to relive that trauma, you know? Oh, the first time I watched it through, I was like, oh, my God. Because they kept saying like seven adults. Like they at this point, they kept yeah. saying like seven adults. And I was like, what if they just hadn't finished their sentence? What if they clipped it out? Exactly. That's why I had to go check. So basically, she calls Brentwood PD and she's like, I need to know where the fuck my kid is. She was like, who was on the plane? They're like, we don't know who's on the plane because at that point in time i don't think they they 100 knew everyone who's on the plane no and so she's like okay so they basically send out a welfare check and they go and an officer by the name of officer kelly who's gonna come through a lot for natasha basically tells her your daughter was not on the plane and she's okay she's safe the victims of the plane were joe lara he was the pilot gwen jennifer martin david martin Jessica Walters, Jonathan Walters, and Brandon Hannah. Brandon is Elizabeth's husband, and Jessica is one of Elizabeth's longtime best friends. It's interesting because they, you know, they're interviewing like ex members of this church and Gina's back and she's like I was close with all of them she's like the Martins were people I was really close to when I first joined the church our kids grew up together you know I knew Jessica and Jonathan I knew Brandon you know I watched them date and grow and have their babies you know and obviously she used to be very close to both Joe and uh, or no she wasn't close to Joe she was very close to Gwen And then they kind of just start talking about this. And it's really interesting because like the way that they talk about it, the ex-members are like, we didn't want something bad to happen. But like the way we look at it now is that Gwen can't hurt other people anymore. This is kind of karma. This is payback. This is what these ex-members are saying. Because if you remember how remnant life teaches you about your life is you reap what you sow instantly. So you put in bad things out, you get in bad things. So if their leaders literally die in a fiery crash in a lake, they must not be good people. But you can't do that because then your cult falls apart. There is a text that Elizabeth sends out. So weird. And it's so weird because it doesn't actually say that they died. It says that they made like a last minute emergency landing. She didn't even say they crashed at first. No. And like, it was kind of like they just didn't acknowledge it. And it's so weird. Helen Bird, who I thoroughly fucking enjoyed throughout this. Same. Um, I believe it's in the next episode. She'll talk about like her husband, like when she decided to leave the church, her husband stayed. Girlfriend was like, Mm-mm, I cannot wait for you guys. I love it so much. Oh my God. Yeah. So great. And she was just like, the way that the cult worked is they ignored the tragedies. Because that's healthy. Right. Because it has to be ignored. You can't ignore, like, when Elizabeth lost her son, they couldn't acknowledge that he died because something bad happened. And then when they started to acknowledge it, it was other people caused this. And so at Remnant Life, grieving is not allowed. You are to just kind of put your head high and keep moving forward. Gina is talking about this one woman who came into the church and she had cancer and Gwen brought her up on stage. And, you know, she's praying over her, which is a great noble thing. Like, I can understand that, like, there's this thing that happens to people when they're, like, genuinely wanting to be prayed over. There's, like, a sense of peace that happens. And so this woman has cancer. 
And Gwen gets up on stage and is praying over her. But instead of being like, God, heal her, blah, blah, blah. It was God, show her what she needs to repent of so this cancer can go away. Like what a fucked up, skewed view of life that you're like, oh my God, this is what's happening to me. And it's not the same standards. No. Like when Elizabeth lost her baby, that family was not looked into. And basically what people are starting to think about is that God is judging the Lara Shamblin family. Natasha starts talking about Joe. She talks about the fact that he was a pilot. That from like, you know, he had spent some time from like the late 90s through like their relationship. This is what I read on. She said, Joe was a private pilot with a single engine rating. Like when they were together. With a single engine rating with a VFR, which stands for visual flight rules, meaning that he could only fly if he could see. So it had to be good weather conditions. It couldn't be like bad weather conditions. And he and Natasha actually flew together. And then I think kind of they had their kid and like life happened and money kind of happened. Like, you know, he was trying to be that country music star. So they didn't have a lot of cash. So to the point where he had met Gwen, he hadn't flown in seven and a half years. Right. So he didn't have a valid pilot license. And then he meets Gwen and Gwen is like, look, I have money. I will buy you your pilot license, which is kind of what she did. So she paid for it. In less than a year, he obtained multiple flight ratings and he got a helicopter license. So one of the things I think is interesting interesting that they say on there is that it's one thing to be current and proficient. So he didn't have a lot of hours on the plane that he was flying at the time of the crash. Um, he had only recently been certified, so he probably wasn't even that familiar with it. Meaning that he should have probably only been flying it. All my plane enthusiasts out there, and there's a lot of you, and I know some of them. One of my really good friends at work is a plane enthusiast. Y'all are weird. Y'all just sit around and watch planes. <laughs> I love you, though. So... He had just become like certified to fly the Cessna. And so he didn't have a ton of hours under his belt. Natasha was like, you haven't been flying for very long. You need to get more practice. And she actually forbid him and did not give consent for him to fly their daughter. And they even brought it up in court and his lawyers would like ignore it. But Joe would just continue to fly with her. On May 29th, it had limited visibility and it had a low cloud ceiling, which means they were going to get into clouds really fast and they weren't going to be able to see where they're flying. And mind you, he was very proficient at a single prop plane that only when it was like good weather. And now he's in a jet and it's bad weather, which means he'd be flying with something called instrument flight conditions. You have to use those and you have to be train trained is what I got. The impression that the guy on the television was telling me. He was like, you need to know your shit, essentially. And Joe was by the tower was given some a couple of instructions. They said he was hesitant, but he acknowledged them. And then after that, there were no there was no response from him. He made a couple of wrong turns and he actually rose and descended a couple of times really quickly. They believe this is totally a hypothesis is that he was disorientated. Natasha talks about the fact that when you get into clouds and you don't really like and you can't see, you might be thinking you're turning left and you're turning right. You might think you're straight and you're at the side. Like you can get really disoriented. A normal descent is 500 feet per minute. So think about when you're landing, right? Yeah. They were descending at 30,000 feet per minute. Oh my God, no. Mm -mm. So they were in the cloud cover, like they were 30,000 feet. And then a minute later, they were on the ground. Oh my God, that's so scary. And they crashed into eight foot of water. So this can't even be like the movie Hatchet, where like 
or the book Hatchet. I don't remember the unlock. I'm unlocking a lot of millennial memories right now, <laughs> you know, where he plane crashes and then has to like get his way out. That's not happening here because it literally no. hit the water going so fast. It like basically slammed into the ground in eight feet. The plane was taller than eight feet. And they basically said there wasn't a lot of it just like exploded. It's kind of like how we talked about the submarine, how it imploded and there was nothing left. It's kind of the same with this plane. There wasn't a lot left of it. And they're still unsure if the error was human or machine. It could have been the plane was malfunctioning. That could have caused a problem as well. You know, maybe the instruments weren't working and Joe thought he was ascending really fast, but he was actually upside, like he was actually pointed down. So they're unsure of what could have happened. There were rumors that started that somehow this was a deliberate thing, that Gwen had killed all of the people on the plane. I don't know if it was like suicide pack. I don't know if it was Gwen just being crazy. Like this is the rumors that are going around, but it was like basically making their leadership martyrs. I don't think that's happened. I really think this was either like a malfunction on the plane or Joe just got disorientated. It was an accident. I don't think like people who are out there thinking that Gwen did that, she might be crazy, but I don't think she was suicidal. Yeah, I was gonna be like, I feel she's too narcissistic to want to do that. I mean, unless they were in a fight. No, no, I don't even see her doing that. I don't know. It's just weird. So back to Natasha trying to get her daughter. She gets in at 7.30 and her friend picks her up and they go to the police station and they're calling around. And so they call Joe's mom. Joe's mom's name is Diana. And basically she's like, where's my kid? And and Joe's mom is like, she's safe. She's fine. She's happy. She's okay. She's with us. She kept saying she's with us. It's fine. And she's like, no, you need to give me my daughter. And the mom was like, whatever, blah, 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 kind of blowing off Natasha. And then Officer Kelly is there and he snatches the phone from her hand because that's on speakerphone and is like, bitch, where's my kid? Is essentially like, it was like, where the fuck is this kid? And he's like, you need to tell me where this kid is right now. She goes, okay, look, she's not with me. I don't know where she is right now. Let me find out. I'll call you back. He was like, you better fucking call us back. A little while later, like five, maybe 10 minutes later, Natasha gets a call from an unknown number. It's a woman by the name of Abby McDonald. She is Gwen's assistant. She doesn't say, Natasha, how are you doing? Are you back? Like, what's going on? She goes, what do you want, Natasha? Like, very angry. And then she was like, I want my daughter. Like, I'm coming. Like, where is she? Tell me. And she's like, she's fine with us. She's going to stay with us. No. I'm, I'm sorry. That's not how this Fuck works. You don't no. have custody of this child. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Officer Kelly snatches the phone back and is like, look, you tell me where this little girl is right now or I'm going to come and arrest your ass for kidnapping. I love Officer Kelly. I don't know who he is. Please be a nice person. Please don't be a dick. Every time I'd say we love a person on the show, something happens. She was like, okay, she's with us. She's at my house. She goes to get her. Apparently it's another mansion. She gets there and her daughter is like with all the other orphan kids. So like not with like her grandma not with anyone else, but like with the orphan kids. Officer Kelly actually is the one who goes in because when they arrive, there are like three dudes standing outside. It was like the secret service of this church, like glaring them down. And then basically Officer Kelly went in and was like, give me the kid. And then they left. We'll talk a little bit more about Natasha and her daughter in a minute. But now we're going to talk about Elizabeth. First of all, Elizabeth just looks so unwell all the time. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, I'm so afraid for her. Like, I'm really, truly concerned about her health. So, on June 19th, which is a little over, like, two or three weeks later, they hold a church service where Michael basically introduces Elizabeth as the head of the church, and Elizabeth gets up and preaches. 
So then they start interviewing some friends of Elizabeth's from high school. Elizabeth's name is actually Michelle Elizabeth, but she goes by Elizabeth because that is her sinless name. It's a weird, gross concept. I don't understand what that means. Well, apparently Michelle was a bad fucking person, and so she had to be Elizabeth. I don't actually know if that's true or not. I'm just talking <laughs> shit. I was like, no, she's been like Gwen Jr. forever. <laughs> right. I get it. Elizabeth is a biblical name, so... I totally get it that there's like this, you know. I mean, I will say out of everything we have learned about this cult, that is the least weird thing because there's plenty of people that go by their middle names. That's true. Michelle or Elizabeth, whatever you want to call her, was quite popular when she was in high school. She had a great group of friends and they would all come over to Ashlyn. Ashlyn. Gwen would have snacks and they would just be there. And actually, like if you look at pictures of Elizabeth in high school, she looks great. She looks like she's thriving. She has color. Literally, she has color. She doesn't look frail. She looks she looks really healthy. And apparently Brandon was Michael's best friend in the whole world. And according to her friend Brooks, it didn't really feel like uh Elizabeth so much liked Brandon is so much Gwen was like, that's your husband. That would, I would not do well in that situation. I guess it was to the middle or the end of their junior year is when they started planning Remnant Fellowship. And so Elizabeth kind of threw herself into that. She she was actually their homecoming queen their senior year, which I was like, good for her. You know, and they graduated and everyone went off to college and Elizabeth went to college. And, you know, she told her friends, I think God put me on this earth to get all my friends to go to my church. I don't even know how to, like, re- like think about shit like that. <laughs> no, no. And, like, her friends were like, no, thank you. And, like, one of her friends did the Way Down program. She went to the church, but she wasn't, like, 100% sold on it. And Elizabeth actually ended up ditching one of her friends. Like, her friend would come to visit her, and she would just be like, whatever. I'm not going to see my friends. I have a feeling that was a lot of Gwen. It's really interesting because they were doing a, a service, and uh, Elizabeth calls in. Like, she's essentially, like, Skype call or zoom calls and i don't know why i say skype all the time like i haven't used skype in like 10 years (laughs) but anyway so she calls in and she basically tells everyone that the leadership of the church has given her some time to like heal and recoup and she's taken some time off at the point in time of this episode being recorded she was selling her house and she had moved into ashlon which i get like i don't know how big her house was but like yeah if you were like cool here's a house that's been paid off for like forever and she grew up there might as well she's lost her husband she's lost her mom according to ex-members of the church there have been no new services at the time of this being aired i'm assuming because this was a couple years ago end of 2021 that they probably have had actually i went on their website and it gave me midsummer vibes like all the little girls are in white dresses with like rose crowns or flower crowns oh yeah so they're just playing old service tapes over and over again and you know i mean they have years of it so recycle so i guess what people are saying like the cult interventionalist and like the other people who study cults are like this is a weird transition time because people could leave because who's punishing them i'm assuming ted anger is there somewhere i'm sure he's pulling strings somewhere but they're like how you get people to stay in the cult is by punishment and if there's no direct leader standing up like gwen who was you know the shining beacon of hope for these people how are you getting them to obey people are apparently leaving good i don't think it's in the mass droves we think it is Mm-hmm. Natasha, it was so beautiful when she was talking about when she got her daughter back and how she said it was like the longest hug 
she never wanted to let her daughter go. And I was like, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. I'd have been like, okay, mom's going to get real weird for a bit and just hug you forever. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. For real. But also, she took her out to like a beach like near there and they were throwing rocks into the lake. And basically, Natasha was like, remember this about your dad? It's like all good things. Which I was like, this man has put this woman through fucking hell and back. And she's standing there when she could just be like, I'm done. We'll talk about her dad when she asks. But she drives this little girl out, stands there, and just they talk about the good things. And they remember the good times with him. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. It shows what a wonderful woman Natasha is. Now, Joe's mama and the church were like, where the fuck is this kid? So Natasha went into hiding. And she was in hiding for four months after this plane crash and then finally they get on the phone with uh diane lara and um who is still a member of remnant church so Mm -hmm. of course natasha like records the call yeah and she basically goes look i just want to put everything behind us and i want to move forward i want to be able to see my grandbaby i want to be able to be in her life i don't want any of this like craziness and she like all of the things that were like pending to get her away from natasha diane just gets rid of and so that's good. And that's a great thing for Joe's and Natasha's daughter because, you know, she's lost her dad. And at the end of the day, we're like, Joe wasn't a good person because he like perpetuated this cult that hurt people. But he was still a dad and he was still that little girl's dad. And I kind of rec- equate it to like when a mobster gets arrested and like the little girl doesn't understand why her dad is like yeah, going, going to prison. To prison. <laughs> Right, like, it's still her dad, and we should still really be like, okay, let's not be terrible to her. Yeah. Then they start setting up the, we're in like the last two minutes of the episode, and they start setting up the next episode. And basically, because the first three episodes had aired, and they show you like they're putting up the billboard, like they film them putting up the billboard for this. And once this goes out, ex-members of the church come out in droves. They want to mm-hmm. talk about it. So we're going to meet some very interesting people in our last mm-hmm. installment, in our last episode episode and we're gonna kind of like put this to bed yes and thank god because i never <laughs> want to think forward. about when Shambay- <laughs> Sham- shamblin whatever her name is the big haired bitch let's just call it what it is right which made me sad when i was like okay like can we just I, just, I need to talk about her hair in one particular photo. She looked like Medusa. Oh my God. Yes. I know what photo you're talking about. The one with like all the ringlets and shit. Terrifying. Yes. Terrifying. Because it's teased and ringlets. It's teased ringlets. Oh my God. Like what? Right. I just kind of wish maybe she had bumped into Dolly and Dolly had given her a wig. Dolly would have known and been like, nope fuck off goodbye oh my god and behind closed doors that may have happened you never know i feel like we just need to do like an episode on dolly that has nothing to do with like anything but just report on dolly parton's life we could do it on my youtube channel yeah we could i just love dolly parton so much okay well we're gonna end this now so sorry guys sorry (laughs) let us know if you want us to do that on tara's youtube channel yes (laughs) okay well we will be back on thursday for our last installment of this crazy craziness it'll be thanksgiving too oh wow yeah so we will see you then guys toodles bye